Good evening, everyone. Great joy to be with you tonight. Beautiful summer evening. Um, we have pretty intense readings for this weekend, right? I hope there are certain things in the scriptures that when we read, we think, did Jesus actually say these things? I came not to bring peace, but division. I hope we wrestle with these things. There's still moments where I read scripture and I say, Jesus, do you actually mean this? Surely you can't be serious, right? You can't actually want to bring division. I hope you wrestle with these things. Brothers and sisters, tonight is going to be a little bit more intense of a homily. Some of you might be ready for it. Others of you might not be. But I want to really invite us into that deeper relationship with the Lord. There are times, right, we hear this reading, there are times where it seems like Jesus does bring division. And families will be divided. Mother against daughter, father against son. What do these mean? I want to wrestle with them with you tonight. In 1894, there was a man who was born in Poland. His name was Raymond. 1894, he grew up in a Catholic home, a Catholic family. He attended Mass every week. He prayed with his family, with his siblings. He had a very deep and intimate relationship with the Lord. When he was just 12 years old, he had this vision of Mary. Mary appeared to Raymond, and in Mary's hands were two crowns, a red crown and a white crown. A red crown representing martyrdom, a white crown representing purity, celibacy. And Mary says to Raymond, I bring these crowns to you, which one would you like? And Raymond, not knowing what to say, he said, I don't know which one to choose, can I have both of them? Can I have both that red crown of martyrdom and that white crown of purity. And so Mary gave him those two crowns. But Raymond did not know what, what would become of him. He didn't know how he would win those two crowns. A few years later, Raymond enters seminary. He joins the Franciscans in Poland. He eventually is ordained a priest, and he becomes a very notable priest, a priest that stands out. You see, Raymond... He started a radio stations. Early 20th century, the radio was just kind of gaining force. He started a radio station where he would talk about Mary and the different saints and God in the church in Poland, giving people hope. What happened in Poland in 20th century? The two world wars. Raymond became a very notable priest. He started a newspaper as well spreading the good news across Poland. On September 1st, 1939, Germany invades Poland from the west. A few weeks after that, Russia invades Poland from the east. Poland becomes the center of World War II in many ways. The pain, the destruction that happened there. In 1939, when uh, Nazi Germany first invades, a lot of these Franciscans, a lot of these priests are arrested. 
Raymond was first arrested, eventually released, but then two years later, in February of 1941, he's arrested again because he's a Catholic priest. And immediately he's taken to Auschwitz. And he's there in Auschwitz for a few months. There was one night when he was in Auschwitz where someone escaped. And whenever a prisoner escaped from Auschwitz, they would kill 10 people in his place to deter anyone else from escaping. So on August 1st, 1941, this man escapes. That morning, they line up all the male prisoners. And they go down the line and they start randomly selecting 10 people. You 10 will die in this man's place. And right next to Raymond is a man named Francis. And Francis is chosen. The SS soldier comes to Francis and, he, and, and says, you will die in this man's place. And Francis immediately falls to his knees and begs the soldier, don't take my life. I have a wife. I have a family. And Raymond immediately steps forward and says, I don't have a family. I don't have children. Take my life instead. I will take the place of this man. Whenever anything like this would happen in Auschwitz, in these concentration camps, they would kill that man immediately on the spot. But they interviewed this SS soldier uh, recently, and, and they asked, why did you spare his life? And he said, I'd never seen so much compassion and such uh, love of, of charity in such a horrible and horrific place. And so Raymond took this man's place. August 1st, 1941, these 10 men are put into the starvation chamber. You see, Raymond, he had Christian hope. He had something to live for. And inside the starvation chamber, he began to sing, sing joyful songs. People actually think that they snuck bread in there and he actually celebrated mass in there for those other men. There were certain writings that they found on the wall that showed a certain hope that they all had. That there's something in this life worth fighting for, something in this life for, worth living for, and something in this life worth dying for. Two weeks go by. August 14th, 1941, the janitor comes and opens that door. Raymond is still alive. All the other prisoners in that starvation chamber have died. And the soldiers were so upset, we have tried to kill any ounce of hope that you may have in here. And so they injected him with carbolic acid and killed him. Maybe you've heard this story. You see, Raymond, when he became a Franciscan, when he became a priest, he took the name Maximilian. St. Maximilian Kolbe, who 81 years ago died because he took that place of someone else. He gave his life for that man who had a family, who had children. That man, Francis, lived to go to St. Maximilian Kolbe's canonization to tell that story. 
St. Maximilian Kolbe is my confirmation saint. When I was confirmed freshman year of high school, I chose him. It's more likely I could say that he chose me. I, had no, I knew nothing about him. My confirmation sponsor gave me a book and said, here, read this. I, I never read that book until I went to seminary. It turns out, right, St. Maximilian Kolbe was praying for me this whole time. I had no idea that he was a priest when I chose him. A man who gave his life for others. Brothers and sisters, life can be hard. Life can be challenging. When we live the gospel, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. We're going to be made fun of. We're going to be persecuted. We may even have to shed our blood. But there's always Christian hope. In our first reading, Jeremiah, he speaks the truth to the Israelites. He's prophesying. He's talking about Christian hope. And he goes, he goes right to the city and, and they want to put him to death. They say, you're, you're not speaking truth. Stop encouraging people. What does Jeremiah do? He continues to proclaim the good news. And what happens to him? He's thrown into a cistern. It's impossible to climb out of a cistern. He's thrown into that cistern, and it says that at the bottom of the cistern it was dry, but it was, there was still some mud left there. And so Jeremiah sank into the mire. He's stuck there. Where's his hope? Lord, you've asked me to be a prophet. You've asked me to do different things. You've asked me to follow you. But now I feel like you've abandoned me. I'm stuck here in this cistern at the bottom of this pit. Did you hear our psalm today? Our psalm is in direct connection with Jeremiah today. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit, from that cistern. He drew me up from that desolate pit out of the miry bog, the clay, the mire where Jeremiah was sitting. He drew me up from the desolate pit out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. Brothers and sisters, I don't know where your heart is tonight, but just maybe you feel like you're in that cistern, in that pit of destruction. Maybe you're discouraged Maybe you're challenged by the different discouragements of life. Maybe you need to cry out and say, Lord, where are you? Are you with me? Do you have hope? Do you have, have hope that God can pull you out of that pit and set you upon the rock? Jesus says, I came to cast fire upon the earth and would that it were already kindled. What is fire? Fire signifies two different things in scripture. First and foremost, fire is often seen as judgment. When fire comes, there's different judgments upon the world. But also, fire brings hope because it purifies us. 
So why does Jesus want to cast fire upon the earth? It's not to condemn us. Why does he want to bring division? Why does he say, I don't bring peace, I bring division? Brothers and sisters, Jesus wants to get rid of anything that does not belong of him. Anything in our hearts that's not of him, he wants to purify out. Like fire tried gold. Wherever our heart is today, are there certain things that may not be of God? I invite you tonight to lay those at the altar and to ask Jesus to purify every, everything that's in us that's not of him. And Jesus, we ask you that as you do this, you might give us the grace to truly be all in for you, to pull us out of any uh, desolation, any despair that we may be in. Give us courage to speak your truth. Give us courage to live the gospel in this world, that even if we're persecuted, we might be willing to give our life for you, just as St. Maximilian Kolbe did. Amen.